Welcome to episode 9 of the Ginger Bets Be Good Golf Betting Podcast. Uh, so a warm welcome to any new listeners that may be out there and uh, congratulations to those who got Joaquin Neiman placed last week. Uh, although there was no profit overall if you were uh, taking all the selections into consideration, we did get a place on Joaquin Neiman. Uh, returning 10 points to the bank uh, so we have a break-even week uh, nothing uh, nothing too bad with break-even weeks in the world of golf especially on a new track and new venue that we hadn't seen previously so on we move to this week where we are going to be reviewing the 3N Open which will be played in Minnesota in the United States of America just like last week, this tournament will be uh, the first time it's been hosted, uh, or this venue's hosted a PGA Tour event. The course has hosted events for the Champions Tour over the past 10-15 years. Um, and in anticipation for its first PGA Tour event, there have been some changes to the course. Most notably, they have lengthened the course around 350 yards. Will that make much difference to PGA Tour pros? That is unlikely. So, like last week where we had a winner of 25 under par on what seemed to be a resort course in the end with lots of play. I think the cut was at minus five after two days. Similar things are expected this week. So, we have a new course... Um, that has given up the most birdies or the second most birdies on the Champions Tour historically. So when the top players in town land, I don't expect that to change much. I expect plenty of birdies and I expect pars to be making you go backwards and down that leaderboard. So in this week's uh, podcast, we're going to cover off the market at the under 25 to 1 um, bracket we're going to then look at the 25 to 50 to 1 bracket 50 to 100 to 1 bracket and finally the hail mary 100 to 1 plus bracket and i'm going to give you some thoughts on numerous players that sit in those tiers um, some pros some cons and s- some insights into the angles uh, that i'll be looking at ahead of making my final selections for the week Um, Don't forget, if you have and do enjoy the podcast today and any of the previous podcasts, please do sign up uh, to iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, and also subscribe to the social media channels for um, gingerbets.com on Instagram and Twitter. the more the more that we get more likes that we can get and the more subscribers we can get on those platforms will enable us to bring you this content free of charge ongoing and that's what we all want so uh, may i make a polite reminder to do so so back to this week's event um i'm now going to get stuck into the market and uh, give you my thoughts on the t- under 25 to 1 range and see if we can find some value in that section. In this 25 to 1 and under bracket then we have Brooks Kepka heading the field and he's followed in the betting by Jason Day and Hideki Matsuyama. So Brooks heads the field at 
seven to one across UK sports books, and that is a fair price uh, based on the fact that uh, he's the best player in the world uh, at the moment. He's the best player in this field by some distance, and I think thirteen to two, seven to one uh, is the is about the right price for for Brooks this week. He's the same price as what. Um, Dustin Johnson was in a similarly weak field last weekend. Um, Dustin actually failed to make the cut, and that's something that you have to consider when taking somebody at the top of the market in an event like this. The The field isn't very strong. We only have 11 of the top 30 players in the world in attendance, and Brooks Kepka has traditionally brought his best form to the major championships. He actually has more major wins than he does standard PGA Tour event wins um, and perhaps that tells us that Brooks's concentration levels um, aren't at their best in, in the day-to-day -day events uh, or the week-to-week -week events that take place on the PGA Tour and if you listen to interviews of his he often talks about peaking for the majors and how golf for him, is only about what you do in those four tournaments each year, and that's what you're remembered by. So, when considering him at six to one and seven to one, it you you you're in a position of you either play most of your cards on Brooks, or you completely fade him and look to take him on with some bigger price players down the field, which. Anyone who listens to these podcasts regularly and have read any of the reviews of mine will understand that that's something that I like like to do. And one of the the approaches I take is uh, in these weak field events is that I believe that the uh, course enables players have uh, a lesser standard to compete and where they can't compete on some of these really demanding PGA Tour tracks and the major tracks that uh, they come across each year. These events uh, are resort courses and for PGA Tour players of any standard, even the ones like Smiley Kaufman, they're able to go and score four, five, six under par at will. So Brooks's stats throughout the year are fantastic. Uh, he's obviously... He's in great form. I wouldn't put anyone off him, um, off him this week. But for me, at that price, I'm going to be passing over him um, because I just feel that uh, his mind will be more more in focus for the British Open that's only two weeks away. Uh, second in the betting, Jason Day. Um, he's he comes in off the back of a tied eighth at the Travelers Championship, uh, top twenty at the U.S. Open. And and he's in fairly consistent form throughout the year. Uh, he's gaining strokes in all categories. Um, so strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained on approach play. Uh, he's you know he he's gaining in every round in in his last tournament at the Travelers Championship, and you know so that that's a, that's an area of of his game that when he's on song, he's putting is up there with the best of best in the world, and when he's approach games games playing to a similar standard. He's a hard player to to stop, um, and Jason Day this week, if he if he gets that putter going, he's going to be extremely difficult to to get past. But he's very short in the betting at ten to one, and the same can be said for Hideki Matsuyama, who whose ball striking is arguably the best on tour. 
and the most consistent on tour. Whether you look at uh, approach play, uh, proximity to the hole, par four, birdies or better, Hideki uh, stands up at the top of all these rankings and all of these stats. Um, what he does fail to do, though, is get that elusive W. And why is that? That's because if we look at his 2019 uh, strokes gained, he actually loses strokes to the PGA Tour average. And for a player who, let me tell you, he's gaining one stroke per round on approaches to the green. He's gaining half a stroke per round off the tee. Uh, on overall tee to green, he's gaining nearly two strokes per round. And the same can be said for his strokes gained total performance. However, his strokes gained putting, comparing it to players in a similar price band, so we have Brooks Kepka and Jason Day, who, again, strokes gained total are similar to, to Hideki, not quite as high, but they're gaining 0.6 of a stroke uh, and 0.5 of a stroke, so half a stroke on average per round are on their putting performance. And that's just not the case for, for, for Hideki Matsuyama. And if you think about that, that's a four-shot swing across a golf tournament. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a huge difference. And, and in, in courses where, or on courses where, um, where putting is going to be of paramount importance and scoring is going to be low, I don't think you can afford to go backwards. And you, know, you can't expect Hideki to hit it to inside five feet all the time which means that you know when he does hit it to 10 and 15 feet, he has to be taking advantage of those opportunities on courses like this, and he's certainly not doing that at present, and hasn't done for some time. If I was just to quickly look at his strokes gained putting, he has only gained strokes uh, in five of his last 12 rounds with the putter. Uh, compare that to his strokes gained on approach, where he's gained 11, 15, 14 out of 16 rounds, he's gained shots on the field. So that gives you an idea of where Hideki's strengths lie and where his weaknesses lie. Also in this category, we've got Patrick Reed, and I am a massive fan of Patrick Reed. However, he's had one top 20 since March, um, and that was last week. Uh, and got himself into tied third going into the day uh, into day four. And during day four, uh, I was expecting him to kick on and really challenge for that second place. However, he went backwards in loads, uh, you know, in loads of uh, facets of the game. So he went backwards um, off the tee on his approaches and around the game, uh, green. He was losing shots. And for a player that hadn't been in contention uh, for a while at the top of a leaderboard they were signs that that put me off um, put me off him this week quite quite a lot um i'd like to have seen him finish strongly and put four good rounds together uh three good rounds is fantastic but as you saw with the winner Nate uh, Lashley last week you know to win an event on the courses like this you need to put four good rounds together and uh, Patrick Reed's just falling short uh, in one of his rounds it seems week in, week out at the moment, uh, demonstrated by the fact that he has only had one top 20 in three months. So for me, Patrick Reed this week is, is easily passed over at, uh, at 22 and 25 to 1. Uh, 
And the other player in this price band is Bryson DeChambeau. Um, Bryson's available at a top price, 16 to 1 with UK uh, sports books. Um, that is, I think, a very fair price. Uh, I, I expect him to drift to probably 20, 22 to 1 on the betting exchanges as the markets form throughout the week. Um, but uh, it, the, there are some concerns with uh, me making Bryson a selection, and that's, that's the interviews that I listened to with him. He, he's been talking a lot recently about working on parts of his game um, and his driver in particular. And uh, and so, and some of the and some of his short game as well. Th those things put me off at this time of the year. Uh, I, I like a player at this time of the year to really be in the groove, um, to understand where their games at, and to have a real strong indication of of their own expectations. When when I hear people talk about parts of the game that they're working on. Um, and the the intensity in which he talks about them more importantly, because PGA Tour players are making improvements to their game constantly, but the way that Bryson talks means that this is a real intense focus, um, and that tells me that he, he he's having swing thoughts on the tee, that he's working hard on the range, that he's got um he's got other things on his mind in terms of technical aspects than going out and winning a golf tournament at this moment in time it feels like he's getting himself into a headspace where he's ready to mentally attack tournaments and for that reason alone at 16 to 1 i'm happy to to pass him over albeit it's a very weak field and he's a player of huge determination and huge consistency um I just can't quite pull the trigger. So I think that the market's got it in the right order. In fact, it definitely has for me this week, unlike uh, previously. Um, I do agree with Kepka at the top and his price. I think Jason Day and Hideki are hard to split, and Patrick Reed is quite rightly the outsider. If I had to play one, it would probably be Jason Day. Uh, Hideki had his chance last week for me. Um, Jason Day, I'm, I'm still sure... Uh, he's going to get another win this year. He's 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 been extremely consistent. Uh, so I would not put anyone off picking him. So if you do wish what to play one in that in that range, good luck to you. I don't think that any will make my final selections this week. Um, so uh, I'm now going to move on to the twenty five to one to fifty to one price band where we have a few more players for consideration. And it will be a lot harder to to drill down, and I'm hoping there will be some selections from that bracket that 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 make my uh, final picks this week. So, uh, without keeping uh, listeners waiting any longer, I'm going to move on to that section now. Twenty five to fifty to one bracket. So many amazing names in this uh, in this tier. Um, let me name a few. Ryan Moore, Tony Finau, Kevin Nahr, Phil Mickelson, Keegan Bradley. My favourite, Joaquin Neiman. Um, just like, just a few of the names that, that fall into this category. Um, the, the first player I'm going to talk about is Victor Hofland. His third PGA start. Third PGA Tour start. 28 to 1. <laughs> In the betting this week with UK sports books, twenty eight to one. Now, 
His stats have been fantastic. I think he drove the ball in the US Open better than any other first-timer that's played in a US Open. So that's incredible. Uh, he's followed on uh, the, in, you know, the, from that in, in great form. However, 28-1 to 1 to win your first PGA Tour event seems a little short to me when you have major winners in key well major winner in Keegan Bradley yeah who's in the ball striking form of his life as always um at 40 to 1 then we've got a recent winner Kevin Nart at 50 to 1 we've got Phil Mickelson at 56 50 to 1 in the UK sports books so Victor Hofland, like, he, this is the type of event that these players can win. There's a lot of momentum carried in. They're on a high in life. Uh, things are going well. Their performance and their, their game is good. But 28 to 1 is extremely short. So the first player that, from a betting perspective outright in this section, that there's just not for me. I'm gonna, we're going to get 5 to 1 and 6 to 1 him finish in the top 5 on the PGA Tour. You know, this is a highly competitive field, although, or, um, it's not the most, most competitive field, I, I, I said that wrongly, but golf is such a highly competitive sport. The margins between the top players and some of the players that are 100 and 150th in the world in, in certain categories, it's minute. Um, and therefore, I just can't be taking Victor Hofland at 25 and 28 to 1 with some bookmakers. I mean, the biggest price on the high street will be 33 to 1, um, which is uh, it, it's a slight over-exaggeration, overreaction to his current form and the, the hype that surrounds him in the media. So Victor Hofland in this bracket for me, he's an easy miss. Um, what is, you know, another player that uh, isn't so easy to pass over... Uh, for me, especially, is Rory Sabatini. Let me tell you why Rory Sabatini isn't so easy to pass over. In the ranking models that uh, that I've got here, and in in various you know ways that I can run the data, let me read you some stats from from Rory Sabatini recently. First of all, he's made nine cuts in a row. He's finished in the place pair positions in four of his last eight events. He's ranking in the top 20 for strokes gained approach over his last 24 rounds. He, uh, and all these stats are, are looking at the last 24 and 36 rounds. So, you know, fairly recent form. He's fourth in strokes gained around the green. He's third in scrambling. He's 16th in fairways gained. He's 40th in opportunities gained. And he's sixth in overall par four scoring. So I expect all these things to be relevant this week. He averages out near the top, if not the top, on certain data models that I run. And he's available at 40 to 1 uh, in one place with Unibet in the UK. But he's as short as 28 to 1 with uh, with other sports books. So I think 40 to 1 is a is a fair reflection. And if you you know if you don't have betting accounts with all the bookmakers, I encourage you, if you're in the UK, to get accounts with them, it takes approximately two to three minutes to set up a betting account. And one of the most important things about betting uh, and to get into your head if you're going to do it more regularly is that 
the numbers and the price that we bet at are so, so important. It is really difficult to make money sports betting. The best people in the world are probably making 10%. Not even that. So if you think that 40 to 1 and 28 to 1 are the same, they're not. They're very, very different. And we're talking about three points different on a place bet and we're talking 12 points different potentially on the win market. These are huge differences. So if you are going to back Rory Sabatini this week, don't take the 28 to 1 that's uh, available with some of the sports books and one high street company. Have a look around and at least take the 33 to 1. And if you can, get the 40 to 1 that's on offer with one of the companies in the UK. These are really important things to remember when placing golf wages especially. So Rory Sabatini comes out really uh, highly ranked on lots of stats models. Um, but am I going to pick him? I'm not. I'm not. I feel, be- I feel that, he's, um, that his current form, like Victor Hofland, has over-exaggerated his price in the betting market. And if he was 50-50 to 66 to one, excuse me, I'd be much more likely to play him this week because of the upside in the place market and the extra place terms that are available with certain bookmakers. But this week, we don't have the eight places on offer anywhere in UK sports. But, well, Boyle Sports do, but Boyle Sports aren't a betting company. They are just a badge that happens to own and operate a sports book. They do not take sports wages off people that have an idea about sports betting. So I'm not going to include them. They're a disgrace of an organisation. Um, so you've got to take the, the 40 to 1 if you can get it, but certainly do take the 33 to 1. Let's take a look at some of the other players in this 25 to 50 to 1 range then. Uh, Ryan Moore will be popular for many this week. He's uh, He's in fairly good form. Um, nothing nothing spectacular. He, he had a tied tied 15th at the Travellers Championship, uh, a top 30 at the Memorial, uh, and two missed cuts either side of that. So his game's not uh, in in top condition, but, but certainly not in a, any bad state. Um, I don't think that he's a, he's a bet, though, this week at, at the prices. I feel that Ryan Moore's been in a lot better form uh, coming into events that could suit him, and also been in a lot better form historically. You know, when he has performed well than he than he currently is, um, his iron game seems to be slightly off. His which is a real strength of his. He actually lost strokes uh, in the two rounds last week and in over the weekend at the Travelers Championship where he finished tied fifteenth. So, having gained strokes in the early round of that tournament, he then lost strokes over the weekend. The same was can be said at Memorial. Um, so that for me, the the real strength of Ryan Moore's game is is his iron play and his wedge play and his approach play overall, and that isn't quite firing on all cylinders. So, uh, I'm happy to to pass him over at uh, at, at prices where of uh, you know forty to forty to one, um, and fifty to one. I'm happy to, I'm happy to give him a miss. Uh, Keegan Bradley also falls in this section he's available at a top price 40 to 1 with uk sports books and keegan is somebody that i would be slightly more interested in than ryan moore and let me tell you why his approach plays absolutely on fire he he's gained strokes in every single round last week on approach play 
and he's gaining nearly a stroke per round on approach play throughout the 2019 season. And on a course that uh, he's going to give up plenty of birdies, he's uh, he's that's going to be an important uh, asset to the game, and something that you know you can't get away from when you're gaining a stroke per round on approach peel. It it negates it neg <coughs> negates his poor putting. Who? Let me tell you, he ranks 180th on tour for the strokes gained putting. He's losing over half a stroke per round putting. Now, on the PGA Tour, in events like this, for me, that's enough to go, no, absolutely not. He will not be a pick of mine just for that reason. Some may say, well, that's too brash. But, you know, Nate Lashley won last week, gaining two strokes per round. So it's a resort course. It's easy. Other players that finished tied on his putting alone, that was. Other players that finished tied third, tied fourth, tied fifth, tied seventh, tied eleventh. These players were gaining like 0.2, so a fifth of a stroke per round, so or 0.25. So to make that simpler, that's one stroke over the four rounds that they're gaining, where the winner gained eight or over eight strokes on the putting green. And that's the difference between finishing first or tied 30th on the PGA Tour. So I don't care how easy this golf course is, how many birdies it's going to give up, Keegan Bradley's putting needs to improve for him to win this event and at 40 to 1 when he's going to be available at 80 to 1 and 100 to 1 on tougher and sterner tests later on this season and early into next season there are better there are better courses and better times to play Keegan Bradley in my opinion um so at 40 to 1 I'll be passing Keegan Bradley over um some notable mentions uh, Phil Nicholson He's going to be popular amongst many. He's got low, you know, he's going to be gripping it and ripping it. Um, he's going to be dialing in at the pin. He's going to be shooting for birdies every single hole. He won't be playing safe. If you're a DraftKings player, he'll be awesome to have on your team, no doubt. But as an outright selection, I will not be adding him to my portfolio. Um, He'll be popular amongst many, but not for me. And the same can be said for a few in this section. So Kevin Streelman, I pulled the trigger on last week and I pulled the trigger on in previous weeks. Um, this is going to be his third week in a row playing. And uh, last week, I just saw some signs in his game that he was going, that, that maybe some fatigue was setting in. His performance in round four was um, was very unlike Kevin Streelman. Um when you look at his last 20 to 30 rounds of golf, um, he lost strokes in, in all assets of his game against the field and one of the only players in the top 30 or 40 of the leaderboard in the end that actually shot over par on the last day. So Kevin Streelman, um, I'll, I'll be passing over this week. And same for Scott Piercy, who on these resort-style courses, like he always gets off... He's a good player to have on your side in DraftKings formats, but... His putting just seems to let him down. And I feel in these types of events, you really have to be strong with that putter or at least streaky with it. And I feel that when Scott Percy's good, he's like break even. He's never quite like streaky, streaky. Um, somebody like Rory McIlroy, who people talk about as a streaky putter. Yeah, he probably is a streaky putter. And that's, and that's a fair comment. I don't put somebody like Scott Percy in that category. So... 
if I was to have a roundup of the players that I'm interested in, I can't mention them all. There are there are so many in this twenty five to fifty to one bracket. Um, a player that I I'm going to cover more in my uh in my main written preview that I am interested in is is Tony Finau. Um, he's available at thirty three to one, and he's doing great on all of the stats models that I'm running. Um. But players that I'm happy to let slide in this section, Phil Mickelson, Ryan Moore, Kevin Streelman, uh, Rory Sabatini, Keegan Bradley and Victor Hovland. All of those players who will be popular amongst many, I'm happy to let slide for various reasons that I've just mentioned. Um, if I'm looking to concentrate on somebody in this section that, I'm, um, that I am interested in, it, it would probably, uh, it'd probably be... Whew, well, to be honest, it wouldn't be any of them. You know, I, I don't think any of them are going to make my final selections because I, for one reason or another, I don't see the correct value in their place offering, uh, the upside of them placing. I feel that the price, their win price has negated any upside in that place price. Um, so... So on review, like there's probably more reasons for me to give on passing over players in this section than there uh, there are cases to be made. If there was one player that I that I would be interested in making a case for, it would be Sung. Uh, S <coughs> Let me get this right. Sung Sung J. Uh, Sung J. Im. Uh, he his ball striking is absolutely phenomenal. His consistency has been great. Um. His approach play is solid, but his putting again has been letting him down recently. And it, it just seems slightly short in the betting, considering what I was looking at him six to eight weeks ago in tournaments where he would have been double this price. So that's my review of the 25 to 50 to 1 section. And now I'm going to move on to the 50 to 1 to 100 to 1 tier, where hopefully where we haven't got a definitive view on anyone or a real strong view on anyone so far, hopefully we might have one in this section. So the 50 to 100 to 1 bracket. Um, let's start with some a, a more positive narrative because uh, there's been plenty of reasons so far in the podcast as to why not go for players. Uh and at some point, I'm sure I'm going to have to pick one, uh, maybe two, three or four. But uh, there are, the, you know, there has been a lot of reasons as to why not. And so let's concentrate on some reasons as potentially as to, as to why. Uh, so one of the players that I am interested in, in in this section is Lucas Glover. And Lucas Glover is available at 90 to 1 top price with UK sports books and 80 to 1 across the board. Um Earlier on in the season, he was a lot more popular with pundits. His ball striking was phenomenal. And um, the courses, if he, if he could have put it slightly better, he'd have probably got a, you know, a, a win to his name. And the courses were right up his street. Some of the stronger and more challenging courses really play into these ball strikers' hands. Players such as Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover... Uh, Keith Mitchell, Joaquin Neiman, and obviously your top world-class players, your Johnsons, your, your, um, your Kepkers, your Matsuyamas and Days of this world, because they are all world-class strikers at, at that top end of the board. But uh, 
What separates the ones further down the betting field is the fact that they're streaky. Um, but where where is their game streaky? Uh, somebody like Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, for example, who's an awesome ball striker, but he's putting short game bunker plays all extremely streaky. That that they're, they're very hard to get a handle on, uh, and the courses that will suit them might be quite hard to get a handle on. But when it comes to pure ball striking and ball striking courses, people like Glover and Bradley and Matsuyama, um, just to name a few, that's where putting uh, the, the putting performance can have less of a weighted factor in the end result. Uh, so that's when I like to play those players. This week's course, however, isn't that type of test, and they're the reasons that I've chosen not to go for to, to, for Keegan Bradley or Tony Finau. Uh, as mentioned earlier on in the podcast, but at eighty to one, when earlier on a ninety to one, earlier on in the season, he would have been a fifty to one because his form was slightly better. Lucas Glover is a player that I'm interested in. His approach play all season has has been magnificent, but it has stepped off as late. He's only gained strokes with his approach in three of his last eight rounds. But if we look at um, if we look at his overall performance for the year, he's gaining half a stroke per round on approach play to the green. He's gaining strokes around the green at a quarter of a stroke around. The same can be said off the tee. And his putting, he's actually gaining strokes on the PGA Tour average. Unlike players that we've mentioned earlier in the podcast, Matsuyama, who's losing a quarter of a stroke, and Keegan Bradley, who's losing over half a stroke putting. So... And a course that's going to yield plenty of birdies, where ball striking is going to be crucial. Lucas Glover is someone that I think will come close to making my final selections. Um, his game slightly dipped of late, uh, missing his last two cuts at the US Open and the Travelers Championship. And for those reasons, I, I think we've got an upside in his price this week of 90 to 1. You know, certainly a good twenty points above uh, where where it would be on a standard week at sixty six to win one. So Lucas Glover in the fifty to one hundred to one bracket, he's somebody I would consider strongly for all formats, whether that be outright picks or DraftKings players. Just some players that I'm not interested in this bracket. Um, and I'll give you some reasons as to why. Jason Duffner uh, probably sits in the Lucas Glover category, but his, his putting is is even worse. And like I've, I've mentioned uh, and gone on about a bit in this podcast, I don't want putters that are not performing this week. The same can be said for Kyle Stanley and also Nate Lashley, last week's winner. I'm really happy to let him slide this week. Um, it's very unlikely that a player will go back-to-back -back wins on the PGA Tour and certainly not following up your first win of your career. So he's as short as 50 or 66. Yeah, 50 to 1 with, well, mentioned it, Boyle Sports. They're not even a bookmaker. Um, spoil Sports, as they should be called. Um, they... Um, yeah, they're, they're 66 to 1. It's just way too short. Like, if he goes on and wins, then fantastic, and I'll have egg on my face, but I don't think that will happen at all. I can't see him finishing in the top 10, and um, I don't think there's any upside in his place. He'll have been 250 to 1, 200 to 1 last week. Uh, so he'd be one that I'd be looking to pass over. Same could be said for players such as Pat Perez, 
and Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell I played last week at 90 to 1. He's available at a similar price this week. I'll just check uh check now. Uh ooh, can't find him. But yes, he's available at 100 to 1 this week and and I can see why. Uh, last week the field was even weaker than this week and I felt that uh, at 90 to 1 given his pedigree he was slight he was overpriced he definitely was overpriced and that you know that was shown with the late money that came on the exchanges when he was backed into to, to sub 80 to 1 so uh he you know he wasn't a bad selection but his game didn't show me the signs that I wanted to see and therefore I won't be revisiting this this week until I see upside in his game in the areas that I want to I'm going to happily pass him over um, but I could see how people could land on him, and I wouldn't be putting you off him if he is a favourite player of yours. I wouldn't be, uh, I, I wouldn't be getting into a, an argument as to as to why not. So, um, another player and one, uh, he whether he falls into this section or not, I'm not quite sure because of his varying price bands. But uh, Cameron Tringa, uh, Tringali, please excuse the pronunciation. Um, his his stats are just phenomenal. His ball striking stats are great. His par four performance stats are great. His approach from two hundred yards is great, and we have three holes this week that are get over two hundred yards to uh, par threes. Um, so I think that that part of the game will be tested, and he's uh, he's in great form. Uh, last week he showed that showed us some good form. I'm actually just going to uh, pull up uh, some of his. Uh, his stats now as I speak to you and uh, and just and just give you a feel for that so he on his approach play last week he was gaining a shot per round across the field uh, off the tee he was gaining strokes his overall tee to, to green performance as you can imagine he's gaining strokes and when I look at his performance all year, his um the overall statistics, he's gaining half a stroke on approach. He's gaining half a stroke on tee to green, half a stroke t um total. Where he's struggling is off the tee, but this week I think he's a fairly uh, easy, uh, off the tee type course. I've had a look at the uh flyovers online and do as much research as I can. I don't see uh as a demanding uh, course, uh, off the tee. So. I'm ha I'd be happy to let that slide. He's in the form of his life and in the uh, available at 125 to 1 with one sports book and and why I'm reviewing him in this section is he f he, he does fall in this category for the majority. Um 125 to 1 I think is a good a good price on him and I could definitely see him getting uh, a a top uh, a top 7 this week which is the place terms that's available with many of the UK bookmakers. Charles Howell the third would have and could have been a selection earlier on in the season for this type of event on a on a new layout and an easy course, uh, but uh, his his form of late's not been great. His mid his mid season form has tailed off, and uh, he's another player that uh, I'm happy to pass over. A positive word could be given for Cameron Champ, who last week showed her signs that his game was getting back to, to where it was early in the season. And early on in the season, when he was playing on some of the easier courses uh, over in Hawaii and New Mexico, he ball travels miles at that altitude anyway, and his game, is he's already the longest hitter in the game or on the PGA Tour, that's for sure. He, uh, 
he, 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 he was he was really he was really up there high on the leaderboards and um but as the as the challenges got harder uh, around the masters and then following the masters and the the tracks got tougher his game really got shown up and his wedge play was there for all to see that it need improvement his iron play with the shorter ones the eight nines and pitching wedge in his hand again showed that he needed um plenty of improvement and he went through a period where he missed uh, six up five cuts in a row from from the Genesis Genesis Open all the way up to the PGA Tour Championship uh where he actually showed some upside he got off to a really good start in that uh but then tamely faded away he's followed that with two more missed cuts but last week he he showed signs that there were parts of his game that were getting back to to to, to premium for him uh, he ended up with a tied, or not tied, but I think he finished 46th uh, overall. But did shoot one really good la round of uh, seven under par. Um, gained strokes on the field tee to green in three of the four rounds. Uh, gained strokes putting uh, in three of the, f the four rounds. Um, so... I'm not sure he'll make my final selections, but for, you know, for people that... Uh, want to see their player have plenty of TV coverage. I'm sure he'll get, you know, he's a big name, he's a rising star, looks the part, hits it miles. You know, there'll be plenty of coverage of him uh, across the next uh, four days. I expect him to make the cut. Um, and, and I wouldn't be putting anyone off. I think uh, 20 to 1 about him finishing in the top seven is a fair reflection of his talent. Um, I'm not quite sure whether he'll make my final picks, but... Uh, He's certainly be consideration for DraftKings this week where, you know, eagles are going to be gettable and his distance off the tee will ensure that he has plenty of short irons in his hand to create plenty of birdie opportunities. So, you know, in this section, uh, I think it'd be fair to say that, um, again, there are, there are more players that um, I could give reasons why they don't make the grade for me this week, but players of interest most definitely uh, Lucas Glover and Cameron Tringali. Um, both of those players, are excellent ball strikers. They're Cameron, especially in decent form of late, and I feel that their prices at one hundred and twenty-five to one and ninety to one, respectively, are slightly too big in the outright market. So they're going to come under careful consideration when making my final portfolio. Now going to move on to the Hail Mary 100 to 1 and above selection where as we know the majority of the field sit but it is extremely hard to get a winner from this bracket you know we are looking for place payouts and uh, upside in the in the place returns so I'm going to now move on to that final section and bring you the 100 to 1 plus Hail Mary thoughts so a hundred to one plus tier, and last week we there was a winner from this section, and so frustrating for me, and for any followers out there, he was so close to being a selection. He actually came out Nate Lashley on many of the stats models on easy uh, courses, and he had very good par four performance and birdie or better performance. So it was so frustrating to see him get off to a hot start, and then it was. It really was hard watching him just cruise away from the field on day three with another 63. 
Having been so close, he was there on my computer screen, ready to talk about him, ready to press the button. And instead, I went for Adam Long, who'd shown me a bit more upside in the weeks leading up to it, a bit more consistency. That's the nature of golf betting. It's a tough sport. And when you get one at that price, wow, fantastic. It changes the whole year. You can't really go backwards from there. And when you miss one at that price... I don't want to even describe how you feel, but it's not good. Um, it's really not good. But let not <clears throat> let's not let that stop us. Um, and let's review this hundred to one tier this week and see if we can potentially get another one home or at very least a place. Uh, also in this section, I think it's worth bearing in mind for those DraftKings players out there. This is a really important uh, piece of the of the podcast. I feel that if you're playing any of the large tournaments and the GPP games out there, then you have to... Um, this is where you separate yourself. You know, it's really easy and obvious to look at the top of the market and build a core three or four to, to, to bounce off and to pivot off in, in that DraftKings draft lineups where you have to choose six players. But... Uh, Ultimately, the difference between coming first and a hundredth is often the player that outperforms his price, and uh, he doesn't win the event. But for example, he might be priced at uh, seven thousand dollars, but finishes tied tenth or tied fifth, and they're they're the players that uh, make or break your DraftKings lineup week in week out. So, without holding you any longer. Who are we interested in at this bracket? Well, a couple of players spring to mind. Uh, Roberto Diaz. Why? Um, his game's in really good nick. He's scrambling green uh, around the green and short game performance. Sits in the top 10 of all the players in the field this week in some of the models I run. He's available at 200 to 1. Uh, 250 to 1 I see in a place. I think that's a remarkable uh, price for somebody um, who's who's trending in the right direction that has enormous upside. I'd certainly, he'll certainly be making my DraftKings team lineups and um, he's going to be coming under very co close uh, consideration for an outright pick. Uh, so, so he's somebody that uh, I would encourage you to keep a close eye on in the coming weeks and I would not put anyone off a small wager at 200 to 1 on Roberto Diaz this week. Another player and far more popular is Sam Ryder. And uh, Sam Ryder is priced at 250 to 1 this week. I'm just going to just scroll down and check that to to make sure yeah 200 to 1 is the best price available to him for him now 200 to 1 he won't be 200 to 1 in 12 months time in betting markets is my prediction now with the golf betting it's really important that you get on side of an up-and-coming player and Sam Ryder for me falls into that category and um, just around the, the mid-season mark uh, April May time he, he showed some real upside in his game he finished in the top 30 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, he made the cut at the Genesis and the Waste Management really tough tracks. Um, and he also made the cut at Memorial and the Travellers. 
he didn't make the cut last week, which is why I feel that we've got this outstanding price on him. He was priced up around 100 and 150 to 1 for a period of time. We've now got 200 to 1, and 200 to 1 is a price worth considering. And let me tell you why. Why? Because his strokes gained on approach. He's gained strokes in 10 of his last 14 rounds. His strokes gained putting. He's gained strokes on five of his last six rounds. His strokes gained tee to green is solid, albeit not so solid uh, most recently. But overall, I see lots of upside in his in his price and certainly in his DraftKings uh, lineups. I can see plenty of upside. Other players in this in this section that are sure to be popular, uh, Russell Henley. He's uh, he's going to come out okay on many stats models. Uh, he's he's a player that's won before at big prices. He's been popular. Uh, on some of the sports betting previews that I come across when doing my research in, in the in recent weeks, um, but he's not performed to the level that you would expect him to. We haven't fired any bullets at him. Um, he's available at two hundred to one top price with seven places this week. I think that that's a really fair price. I don't expect two hundred to one with seven places to be available come the off on Thursday. Uh, so he's another player that would uh, would come under close consideration for me. And the same can be said for the ever-consistent Michael Thompson, who's available again at the same... He's available at uh, 120 uh, to... 120, 175 to 1 with seven places at UK bookmakers. He is as short as 100 to 1 in places. And, you know, I'm really interested in Michael Thompson because I feel that he's got a top 10 in him at some point soon on one of these easier courses. He's last, he actually finished in the top 10 at the RCB Heritage back in April, and he had a top 20 at Memorial two weeks back before missing the cut last week. Um, he, he gained strokes in, in all categories of the game over 2019, so he's gaining strokes on his approach, gaining strokes on his around the green, off the tee, putting... Um, and tee to green in general uh, so he's ever consistent and at that price um, on, a, on a layout that uh, won't cause him any concern I, th I can see uh, I can see why he could be popular and uh, he will certainly be making some of my DraftKings lineups for sure um, Sebastian uh, Munaz, Munez uh, is another that uh, he's available at 250 to 1 and I I think I think again he's a he's a player that uh, his price is his price his price is huge uh, and let me not let me say this right now he's going to be a lot bigger on the betting exchanges that don't offer the each way option uh, just the outright win market a lot bigger closer to 400 to 1 rather than the 250 to 1 whether he can win a tournament like this uh, I don't quite know, but could he finish in a tied seventh, tied sixth, tied fifth? Yeah, of course he could, um, most certainly. And uh, at fifty to one for a place, I can see value in that, and I wouldn't be putting people off choosing um, 
choosing Sebastian as an option this week and certainly including him in DraftKings lineup. Um, I mean, pl- lots of players that uh, that you could mention in this in this section because this is where the majority of the field uh, falls. But players that are, are, are of interest, and I'm not going to give too many reasons why because this might be covered in other previews that I do online. Uh, players such as Hank Laboda, um, Austin Cook, Matt Wolf, who's making his third start like Victor Hovland this week. Um, he's at four times the price. You know, I'm sure there wasn't that much that separated them in the amateur game. And now, you know, you've got one because of, um, you know, slightly overperformance in his PGA Tour starts so far, going in at 28 to 1. And the other player available at 175 to 1. Me, I'd be taking the 175 to 1 um, over the 28 to 1 every single time for a players that have so little to separate them. So if you are considering one of the newcomers to the tour this week, Matthew Wolf over Victor Hovland would be a choice of mine. Also got Alex Prug, who was a selection last week. Uh, I won't be revisiting him this week. I didn't see enough signs that wanted me to go there. Um, perhaps in hindsight, he was a slightly weak selection uh, last week. But uh, th- those those things do happen. So this 100 to 1 plus bracket, you know, it's extremely hard to, to get one home from here. We are hoping for a place um, and anything beyond that is, uh, is really a bonus. Um, so, you know, in review, uh, players of, of interest would be uh, Munez, uh, Sebastian Munez, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Sam Ryder, Russell Henley, Michael Thompson. I should have mentioned Siwoo Kim. It, a player that I actually am interested in who showed signs last week, and I've just seen him now, and I, I have covered him off in my written preview, but I hadn't mentioned him so far in the podcast, is D- Dylan Fratelli. Made his name on the Euro Tour, now playing over on the PGA Tour. He showed signs last week that his game was was coming back to something like its best. Um, he actually performs better usually on tough courses where where the all-round game comes into consideration. He's actually a very solid golfer and maybe these birdie setups aren't for him. But at 150 to 1 available um, in the UK sports books. I feel that uh, that's a price worth considering and certainly for DraftKings players out there he won't be, you know, 3 4 5% owned in the GPP tournament. So another that uh, I'd be, you know, under close consideration because they're the players that can can make the difference. I am going to mention one more player that um that I've 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 bet on quite a lot actually in the past, and he's not got he's not got me much reward apart from once, which was at around a thirty to one place payout, tied second in a playoff. I think he lost to Ian Poulter, and that's Bo Hostler. Bo Hostler's got to be one of the best putters in the game, but the other parts of his game are, well, then they're not great. Um, but he's available at 150 to 1 on an easy track like this where he gains strokes every single week put him against the field. Then he's another player that should potentially make your DraftKings lineups and will come under consideration when I come to choosing my final selections this week. So, um, to round up, 
if you've enjoyed the podcast, guys, please do uh, give us a like and a follow. And if you're kind enough, uh, a little write up on the social media platforms would be fantastic uh, to make to, to get Ginger Bets more visible. If you are enjoying the content, I would be, you know, be extremely grateful for that. If you are looking to find out what my exact selections are, then please do follow social media on LinkedIn, um, Instagram and Twitter where I will make my selections, my final selections public on Wednesday, oh, it's Tuesday evening, it's the Monday afternoon that uh, I'm recording this. So they'll be made. Um, they'll be made available on um, on Tuesday evening on social media platforms. So please remember to subscribe to those. That's Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just put in Ginger Bets into the search engine, and hopefully we'll appear. Look for the ginger. <laughs> That's us. Um, so yeah, please do that. Um, be most grateful, so we can continue to bring you this content and as much of it free of charge and uh, also perhaps move into other territories as our audience grows. So thank you for listening. Um, please do remember to subscribe to those channels to get the final selections. Uh, I'll be back on Saturday morning with a preview of the halfway stage with some outright picks, some two balls for the weekend, and um, hopefully getting some more... Uh, winning bets for us uh, on the Ginger Bets platform. So thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, bringing you my thoughts and uh, let's hope that we can get the winner. Thank you.